Welcome to Talking Up Eagle Mountain, where we discuss a variety of topics related to Eagle Mountain City government, services, programs, and goals. I am Mayor Tom Westmoreland, and I'll be the host for this episode. So we have with us uh, Jeff Weber, uh, Eagle Mountain City Emergency Manager, and Janelle Larson, Be Ready Eagle Mountain Program Volunteer, Dave Baycar, Emergency Communication Volunteer, and Melissa Clark from our city council. So the subject today is emergency preparedness. This is a personal favorite of mine. And uh, let's start off with, uh, with Jeff Weber. Uh, Jeff, uh, thanks for being here. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your position with the city and, uh, and how it relates to emergency preparedness. Thanks, Mayor. So I, for the city, I'm the emergency manager. I, I uh, was given the position a couple of years ago. I've kind of worked really hard in, in trying to coordinate um, emergency management, uh, coordinate the volunteers in emergency management, and working with uh, the county and state and federal organizations um, just to kind of know where where we stand with them and, and policy and procedures on on how to you know communicate with them and interact with them on on an emergency basis well jeff uh really there is no such thing as a small emergency would you agree i agree for sure <laughs> but but there is a there's quite a scale of, of how an emergency could occur the number of people it could involve and uh, as you pointed out the number of entities that might be uh, be in involved in responding to an emergency. So that's a lot to manage and coordinate. Uh, a lot of time for you to spend uh, with these different organizations, uh, looping them in and making sure we're all working off of a, uh, the same page, same game plan. So uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, perspective uh, you know, from the city, uh, some goals and history of of, uh, of emergency preparedness? Yeah, so <clears throat> our goals, my goal with the city is, is to be able to, you know, get volunteers trained, or not not just volunteers, but get the residents trained on, on how to be prepared. And, and uh, you know, I've been working working with uh, our volunteer team, uh, and it's they, they've been doing a great job, and, and just kind of get the trying to get the word out there and a lot of education out there for for the residents so they can be, be prepared and and um, some of our goals some of my goals are to uh, to have our emergency management plan uh, updated and um, it's the last time it was updated was 2008 and it's due for an update and I think it was just a basic plan um, or it was just a basic plan, and we're looking to do an all-out plan, a plan that has everything that interacts with all the, the different departments and, and their plans on, on what they do if, you know, if, if there's an emergency um, in, in their department. And uh, just, uh, you know, building a kind of a, a strong response team uh, we're building some trailers to to be able to have available that has communication in them, uh, backboards, fire extinguishers, all that stuff, just to kind of 
kind of make it to where the city ourselves are prepared for the for the residents themselves. So. So yeah, thanks, Jeff. You mentioned several things there. Uh, the things that the city can do and has done. Uh, so the role of the city, the role of our residents, and all of that. There's there's a whole process there. It's obviously not something that can be just done overnight. And so this is this is why we're uh, one of the reasons we're talking about this. This is this is why it's it's a, a primary major goal of the city, and we really appreciate all the time and effort that you're putting in on this uh, because uh, you, you just can't ever be too ready. And, and especially when you, you have no idea what, uh, you know, what the next emergency might look like if it's, right. if it's going to be a small scale or a large scale. But uh, either way, we need to be prepared. What are, what are some more of the things that the city has done to this point uh, to, be, to be prepared? So we've, we've added generators at two of our major wells um, to help with the water situation. If uh, we ever have a power outage, we, we've done that. Um, we're in the process of adding a 5,000-gallon fuel tank for reserve for our equipment and our generators. Um, kind of updated our, our city hall, the... Um, the generator on at our city hall to be able to run where our EOC is going to be, our emergency operations center is going to be, and and um, just uh, trying to work with the, uh, the departments, you know, um, to get them all involved in in what we need to do uh, for the residents. So, Jeff, I really appreciate you mentioning water because uh, really we can't do anything without water. And so uh, as far as major responsibilities of the city, making sure that water is delivered uh, under all circumstances is, is of major, major importance. So you also mentioned uh, volunteers. It's going to take a lot of volunteers should we see a major event. So let's go ahead and bring in Anjanelle Larson into the discussion uh, So as we mentioned, uh, Anjanelle is with Be Ready Eagle Mountain uh, volunteer program. Hi, Anjanelle. Thank you for being with us. Thank you for having me. So what can you tell us about uh, our volunteer programs? So Be Ready Eagle Mountain, um, we coordinate the volunteer emergency preparedness programs like CERT, which is Community Emergency Response Teams, and Ham Radio, which Dave Baker will talk about in a little bit, as well as training for the community to be ready for different types of emergency situations, including disasters. We have our trainings on the second Thursday of every month, except for December at 7 p.m. at City Hall here in Eagle Mountain. This year, our trainings included the earthquake lady, Marilyn Hoff from Be Ready Utah. She taught us how to prepare ourselves and our home to reduce possible damage, how to pack an emergency kit, including medication and important documents, and what to do after an earthquake. We had first aid and push to survive. We geared this especially towards babysitters. We had infant first aid and push to survive as well. We had stop the bleed because someone can bleed out in a couple minutes. They 
taught us what supplies to have on hand, how to use them, including tourniquets, Israeli bandages, and chest seals. And Janelle, can I just uh, jump in here for a second? I, I just want to point out that these classes, though there's a lot of really good information, that uh, my family has found them suitable for all, all ages. So our kids really enjoyed these classes. I think I have a picture of your daughter putting a tourniquet on your wife with a really, really happy look on her face. She loved it. Yeah, they got a kick out of it. Yeah, it was. I mean, the classes are really amazing. And the goal is to get people prepared so that they can come across, you know, whether it's an accident at home, a car accident, or a disaster that they know what to do, how to do it. They can take care of themselves and eventually, you know, and then once their family's stable, take care of their neighbors and then help in the community. So, you know, we've had a lot of great classes this year and we've got more coming up. Great. That sounds exciting. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I think anything we can do for ourselves or, uh, you know, those around us, you know, we can be the best we, you know, we can be the, the you know, whoever is there first, uh, if they can respond and help that, I mean, that's, that's the, the, the best that can be done rather than having weight because, you know, like in the stop the bleed class, you literally may only have minutes uh, yeah. at the most. At the most. Yeah. Yeah. And um, all of our classes are free. So there's, and they're for every resident of Eagle Mountain City. And we've had some from neighboring cities come as well. Um, we want, you know, our neighbors to be prepared, which it may include Saratoga Springs and Lehigh. Yeah, this is a real cultural kind of a thing. I mean, we want all of our people to be as prepared as they possibly can. So, yeah, these classes are, are great. Hey, Mayor, can I yeah, jump Jeff. in here? So currently right now with our CERT program, we have 105 CERT only um, people that are certified and then we have 21 um, CERT and HAM uh, radio people that are certified and then we have 24 HAM radio only. So I just wanted to kind of bring that to your attention. It's something that we've kind of accomplished this last year is get, getting the people uh, involved and, and helping out. So. Yeah, that's, that's great. Those are good numbers and we want to continue to, uh, to grow the, those participation numbers. Absolutely. Mayor, I just wanted to jump in too. This is Melissa Clark. Um, one of the cool things about Utah is that there are so many cool preparedness classes and different things like that. The thing that I love about what Eagle Mountain's doing and what Anjanelle's doing with Be Ready Eagle Mountain is we're bringing all of those cool classes under one umbrella and we're kind of unifying our efforts. So it's bringing the Sheriff's Department and the UFA and all of and our volunteers together so that we get to know each other. So when there is a disaster, it's not like, who are you again? We've already worked through some of that stuff as volunteers and as a city. So I love the direction that you're taking with our volunteer program, Anjanelle. Now, Anjanelle, uh, Be Ready Eagle Mountain, I understand, has a Facebook page. Is that right? Can yes. Can you tell our residents about that? Yes. So if you'll look up Be Ready EMC, that stands for Eagle Mountain City. Um, we have a Facebook page and we create events and give tips um, for emergency preparedness, but that will keep you updated on the events and what's coming. Um, you can also email us 
bereadyemc at gmail. If you have any questions, um, especially if you're cert certified, we would love to get in contact with you, even if it's simply adding you to our email list so that you're aware of these classes and other classes for cert. All right, well, thank you, Anjanelle. Let's go to uh, Dave Bacar. How are you, Dave? Glad to have you here. A privilege to be here, Mayor. Thank you for giving me a chance to uh, share some thoughts. <clears throat> I am the amateur radio volunteer, and amateur radio, synonymous with ham radio, has been a tool for many disasters or emergencies. Just like any carpenter, there's a lot of tools in your toolbox, and having amateur radio or emergency communications is critical. I think especially here in Eagle Mountain, we're a little bit separated from the community, and mom and dad could be at work, family could be at different places. In the event of a disaster, communications will be critical. And according to many, many people that have been involved in amateur radio, one of the synonymous tools of amateur radio is amateur radio never fails. In the event of a disaster or emergency, amateur radio has been a critical link for providing communications to help assist the community. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Dave. Uh, certainly in, in an emergency situation, not being able to communicate with loved ones and know where they are could add quite a bit of stress to an already stressful situation and you know, ultimately maybe even create more danger. So I really appreciate uh, the value of ham radio. I've been to several classes yet. I have yet to get my license. So that's uh, certainly on my list. So what, what can residents uh, do to get involved with your classes and, and, and be, you know, be a ham radio operator? Yeah, ham radio is a, a tool that just requires a little bit of study and information so that you understand the techniques, the rules and regulations to operate. There are many radio services, family radio service, mobile radio service, but amateur radio, because of the power and the privileges granted, it's important that you use it properly. So we've taught that we'll just next month will be our third class. We've had 25 new licensed operators granted here in Eagle Mountain and throughout the city. And every two or three months, we offer a class, invite anyone who would like to become licensed, and we provide no experience necessary. Come to the class, it's totally free, and you'll learn all the information and necessary details to become a licensed operator. As a licensed operator, you have the privilege of communicating and learning. And every Sunday night here in Eagle Mountain at 9 p.m., we have what is called a net, where we talk to people over the amateur radio waves and see if our equipment is in working condition and practice for an emergency. <clears throat> Well, great, Dave. Uh, I'll, I'll look forward to those classes and uh, becoming more proficient. That is going to be uh, an important part of our emergency preparedness. So uh, we appreciate that. So let's... Uh, let's I Oh, yo, oh. I was just going to introduce Melissa Thank you. Clark from our city council. And, and I know that she is a fairly recent <gasps> license holder. Too. So tell us KG7 about it. KG7 HRL, Melissa Clark here. Um, I actually just wanted to tell from like a resident perspective what it's like to take a ham radio class. Um, it sounds scary and intimidating, but you go in and Dave's a great teacher. He's got like flashcards and little quizzes. And I think the youngest kid we had in our class, was he eight or nine? Probably nine. Yeah, yeah he mm -hmm. was nine years old. And then just like a 13 year old girl also took the class when I was doing it and she passed. It is a great thing 
um, to do as a family and to come and learn how to do it and just get yourself prepared. I was super scared. I put it off for years and years and years. I had a ham radio for like five years just gathering dust in my home. And then I finally took it because the class was being offered down here at City Hall. And it was awesome. So if you have been thinking about it, I encourage you to come and try the class out. It's so fun. Great. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, so, uh, Melissa, could you share with us a little bit about your perspective as a city council member and the city council's uh, role uh, in uh, working with, with staff and volunteers in our emergency preparedness plans? I would love to. So one of the most readily apparent things that we as council have to do to support emergency preparedness is to authorize the funding. You know, that's part of the role as a city councilor is to pass the budgets. And um, I always say to Jeff, our emergency manager, tell me what you need. Tell me what you need. Let's get it added to the budget. Um, so funding is definitely a big part of the council's role in supporting emergency preparedness. But one of the other things that I'm really proud of that we do as a city, uh, our communications in our city and our notifications are amazing. Like when there's uh, an event coming up, you can get a notification. When there's uh, really bad traffic, you know, a blasting, like any kind of thing like that, you can go to, and Linda, I might need you to help me out. I might need you to help me out with the, the website. I know that it's our website. Go ahead. Yeah, it's at emcity.org slash notify me. Perfect. So you can go there and you can opt in to get texts, emails, all that good stuff, even like a reverse kind of, I've gotten a call, but I think that's from Utah County. Anyway, so it that is part of it is just being transparent and communicating well. And I think our city does an awesome job with that. And the other thing that I really think our role as council is just to get educated, to do ride alongs with our first responders, to meet with residents, um, to go to neighborhood barbecues and just facilitate conversations about what we're doing as a city for emergency preparedness and to show up. I myself am, like we said, ham radio trained recently and licensed, but I also am a cert trained member of our community emergency response team. And that has helped me get to know neighborhoods and be ready for when the disaster comes because it ultimately will. Thank you, Melissa. Uh, yes, we're, uh, you know, it's not it's not a question of will there be an emergency. It's when, and and the next question is what kind of scale. Uh, we're really uh, very fortunate here in Eagle Mountain that uh, we are not on a fall line, and uh, we don't have uh, what's called liquefaction, and that's essentially when the soil sort of turns to mud, if you will, and everything starts to move. Right. Everything starts to slide. But that puts us in a unique position that should uh, there ever be a, a, something like a major earthquake event, we might need to be prepared to help our uh, fellow Utah County residents to the east that are right on top of a, of a fault. So, Melissa, can you tell us a little bit about... Uh, you know, some, some of uh, personal experience uh, in emergency prep and, um, you know, and just in, in talking to our residents uh, about encouraging them to be involved. I would love to. You know, 
we all talk and hear about the big, the big one, the big earthquake that's coming, but we face little disasters in our lives and our neighborhoods and in our communities every single day, whether it's a financial crisis, whether someone gets hurt. In our city, we've had lockdowns at school because of, you know, we need to keep kids safe and we've had snowstorms that have kept moms and dads from making it over the past to get home and thankfully we've really improved our infrastructure and hopefully we won't have issues like that again but there's also been a fire we've had major fires here back in 2012 the dump fire um, happened and we lived here way back then and my neighborhood was actually in one of the evacuation areas and i still remember i was a mom that had three kids four and under twin um, preschoolers and an infant and I remember the fire trucks and the different first responders driving through the neighborhood announcing over the loudspeaker you know this area is under evacuation and part of our neighborhood was required and part of it was optional but the smoke gets so thick and your kids get scared and your animals get scared and the time to prepare for that disaster isn't when smoke's bad. It's, it's not when you're panicking, right? right exactly. Yeah. And and I, I think the word panic and the whole concept of panic keeps so many of us from just tackling those tough questions and getting prepared. It's easier to put it out of our mind than to say, you know what, let's sit down as a family. One of the best things that I tell people is pick one thing a month. Pick one thing a month. Next month, October, is... Uh, fire prevention month, fire prevention week. And lots of people think, oh, I should change the batteries in my smoke detector. But take it a step further and get your kids and your family, if you have kids or roommates or whatever, and say, we're going to have a fire drill. Yeah. And talk about that kind of stuff. And um, the other thing that I just really want to encourage people to do is do what I call a 10-minute pack, where you say to your family or your roommates or whatever, and you say, we're going to do a 10 minute pack and you imagine that someone has knocked on your door or you get the alert from the city that you need to evacuate. What can you pull together in 10 minutes? Do you have any food or water? Do you have any blankets or anything to keep yourself warm or shelter? Um, do you have any money? Do you have all your important documents? Um, do you have first aid, toiletry, your medication, stuff like that? And if you do that kind of that mental fire drill of a 10 minute pack, you start to see real quickly hmm, this is what we need to work on. Right, great. Because, yeah, it, uh, it's all about uh, having the resources and tools and knowing what to do in a given mm -hmm. uh, circumstance or situation. And we, we mentioned, it's been mentioned CERT training. So, Jeff, could you, we're, we're, we're getting short on time, but just to let residents know how they can get the training and be more involved, can you tell us a little bit about CERT and, and how our residents can uh, make use of that program? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, so CERT is, we, we give that training out uh, twice a year. Um, October, we've got some training, some CERT training. You can go online, um, take the online training there, and then we do a hands-on training here with UFA. They come out and, and help us out and, and uh, kind of create a... a incident and and we kind of go through it with the with the team and um but but it's great it's uh it we learn how to how to block how to lift heavy things off of off of objects off of people um uh, we learn how to triage uh learn how to do 
Um, fire, put out a fire with the fire extinguisher correctly. Jeff, is there a, a scheduled CERT training uh, on the calendar that uh, that's currently scheduled? Yeah, it's it's in October. It's uh, October... It's a Saturday. I believe it's the 18th. 18th, yes. On the 18th? Yeah. <clears throat> and and the, if you're a city resident, the city uh, reimburses you. It's, it's $40 to to register and then um, once you've got your your certificate your online certificate and also your certificate through ufa uh, the city will reimburse you that forty dollars back and really all the all that is is for is just the the cost of the equipment that you get you get a backpack with goggles a helmet gloves stuff like that but but you get that reimbursed. This is a very valuable training, and uh, I've, I've been through it. I've enjoyed it. That's that's one of the things about these is the all these programs, all these classes. The city is doing everything that we can to make them affordable and make them convenient. And uh, if you miss one, there'll be another one uh, coming up sometime. So. Uh, Maybe we can go to Anjanelle really quick uh, about upcoming events. What what do you have coming up? In October, we're going to have the Stop the Bleed and Avoid Deny Defend again. It was right. such a great class in June that we're going to have them come back. They could probably do 10 hours and give us new information. So it, we also had a lot of people we missed in June because of summer. So this will be a great opportunity. And then it, on November 14th, we will have the Volunteer Coordination Center, which is also called the VCC. So if there was a disaster, this would be set up so that people could come in, they could volunteer, we would be in communication with the EOC and know what needs need to be met and also manage donations. Great. So we definitely want to encourage people to be trained and, uh, and to volunteer as, as much as they are capable. Uh, because these uh, the emergency preparedness, it, it, it doesn't have to be hard and it, it, it doesn't have to be real time consuming. In fact, uh, the experience has been that uh, the classes, the events are actually fun and very informative and they bring peace of mind. Uh, so in, in one of the classes, I'm, you know, I'm going to commit to Dave here to, to get in his, his ham radio class. Uh, now, uh, when's the next class coming up, Dave? Well, thank you. Our next class will be in October, every Wednesday in October at 7 p.m. Here at the City Hall, we will have a two-hour class. In the last night of class, which will be October 30th, will be your FCC exam, license exam. It's a really great opportunity to become licensed in, uh, in a very short period of time. Well, great. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you for all of our participants. This is a fascinating subject. It's a fun one. It's one that's always evolving, and we can always strive to do a little bit better. So, But when we work together as a city, as a community, uh, the plan is that we will be able to respond to any event coming up and come out of it uh, in, in good shape. So thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And we will catch you at the next podcast. Thank you.